How do you know that you have a good pastor? How do you know that your pastor truly cares for your soul? What is a pastor? It's a shepherd. A shepherd stewards the soul of another. A shepherd has sheep and is looking after those sheep. So I'm going to give you some points on how to discern the difference between a good shepherd and a false shepherd. And I pray that this word blesses you and gives you wisdom because there's a lot of false shepherds out there and there's so much power and benefit by having a good shepherd over you that truly loves you and cares for your soul and pours into you the wisdom and the knowledge that you need to live your life successfully. So I pray that this word really, truly blesses you. In Jesus' name, I'm going to open up in Jeremiah 3.15. This is a shepherd or a pastor. It says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, says the Lord, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. This is the number one quality of a good shepherd is that they feed the flock. They're feeding the flock with knowledge and understanding. Let knowledge be sweet to your heart. Let understanding be pleasant to your soul. Seek it as you're seeking for riches. Seek the wisdom of God like precious rubies. Come together, it says in Hosea, and pursue the knowledge of the Lord together as one. So it's the shepherd's job to dedicate himself to the Word of God, to studying the Word of God, to praying over the souls that the flock is safe, that the flock is getting properly fed with the proper meat for their life right? Not just feeding them candy, not just feeding them what makes them feel good, not just feeding them what's going to kill them early down the line. They're eating McDonald's, dying of heart disease, right? We want good shepherds who feed us knowledge and understanding according to God's heart, right? Number one itself is just so powerful, right? If that if that's not enough of a reason, you know, to watch, to listen to the rest of this message and and to get the full the full understanding of why you need a good shepherd. Number 2 is to strengthen the weak. Ezekiel 34 verse 2. This is God speaking to Ezekiel saying, "Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. So they scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. 
My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. This is God speaking to Ezekiel saying, prophesy, prophesy against these shepherds in America. Speak against these shepherds that are ruling over their flock, that are abusing their flock, that are sucking the pockets dry of their flock and just coming for their bank accounts and using them as stepping stones to a platform and their fame. Prophesy against these shepherds. So number two of a good quality of a good shepherd is to strengthen the weak. That if the part of the body is weak, it needs to be strengthened. It needs prayer. It needs to be strengthened with the word of God. Ecclesiastes 7.19 says, Wisdom strengthens the wise more than 10 rulers of a city. Number three is that they heal the sick. They heal the sick. This word of God, we see that it's healing. It's healing to our bones. It's nourishment to our body. Psalm 100 says the word, it heals all of our diseases. There's some diseases out there, some dysfunctions that we have in our body or in our minds, some mindsets that we may have that disease us. They disease our body, that diseases our soul. But we need to get rid, get rid of these diseases. We need to be healed. In Jesus' name, we need to be healed so that way we can walk in healing and love others and bless those who come against us, not cursing people, but blessing them. Number four is to bandage the broken, right? This is what the Spirit of the Lord does in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord brings good news to the poor. It binds up the wounds of the broken. It speaks words of freedom liberty to those who are oppressed, preaches freedom to the captives. So some people are captive in their minds because the biggest prison is in the mind. It could be tormenting thoughts in the mind. You may be tormented with past experiences or past labels or past trauma, and you need to be healed of these things. And it's the word of God that will heal you. And it's a good shepherd that's going to help you with that, that's going to lead you down that right path, who doesn't just show up as a performer on a stage, but actually cares about your soul and wants to lead you to rich fulfillment, is what the Word of God says, rich fulfillment for your soul. Number five is to bring back the lost sheep. This is all from Ezekiel 34. Bring back the lost sheep. Jesus is the one who leaves the 99 in, in, in the, the staple. And he goes after that one that's lost because he has so much compassion and love for that lost sheep. Likewise, David, he was a shepherd king. David was anointed as a king because he was a man after God's heart, but also because he faithfully tended the sheep for a decade. He cared for the sheep and he used his sling to, you know, come against what was coming against the sheep. 
He went to war for the sheep. He protected the sheep. He tended the sheep. He was faithful to that pasture. So he was anointed as a king. And when David was a king, he still was a shepherd. But now he wasn't shepherding sheep. He was shepherding souls. He was shepherding a whole nation because he proved to be faithful with those sheep that the Lord had given him. Some people, they just got elevated too fast right? They become Saul's. They're a King Saul at the platform building a monument for themselves and their name and not to the name of Jesus Christ. They're seeking their promotion, their name, maybe the name of their church or their building, and they don't really want to glorify or honor Jesus Christ. These are bad shepherds. A good shepherd, he brings in the lost sheep, preaching the truth, preaching the word of God to bring them back on that narrow path that leads to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number six, we're going to see in Jeremiah 23 verse four, it says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. So number six is that these these good shepherds, they deliver them from oppression and fear. Amen. They get delivered of oppression and fear. God says he will gather the remnant of his flock out of all the countries where he has driven them and bring them back to the folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. So there's different fears. Fear is a big, big problem for a lot of us, which is why one of the most often used phrases in the Bible is do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, do not be dismayed, because the enemy loves fear. Ecclesiastes 7.7 says, oppression destroys the reason of a wise man. So a wise man, when he's being oppressed, fear is a form of oppression. Anxiety is a form of oppression. Worry is a form of oppression. When a wise man is under this oppression, even he makes dumb decisions. So the enemy loves fear because he loves when you make dumb decisions because you will reap the fruit of bad decisions bad investments, bad relationships, you will reap the fruit of these things. So the enemy loves to oppress. He's called the destroyer and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to accuse you with lies, fill you with accusation. When Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And if indeed you are in Christ, then you are in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God lives within you. So that voice chattering of accusation or condemnation, that is not the voice of God, that is not the voice of your thoughts, but it's the voice of the enemy. It's a result of seeds the enemy has planted in your mind 
over many years or maybe decades or maybe the way your parents raised you or maybe the way a teacher or a coach taught you. It's constant accusation in the mind, but this is not from God. This will not allow you to have peace or hear his voice. So number six, a good shepherd delivers them from the oppression and fear. Number seven, a good shepherd takes one to abundance, to abundance, rich fulfillment and abundance. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, Jesus speaking, (laughs) that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Do you know that God has promised you in his word an abundant life? A life that is rich and full of peace and love and joy and contentment and satisfaction in Christ. The shepherd gives you the word of God so that way you can see and know these things. This is a promise for every single Christian. It doesn't matter your calling. It doesn't matter your position. This is for the servants of the Lord that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Again, condemnation, accusations, the good word will free you from these mindsets. And a good shepherd will lead you to this pasture, to this still pasture, and to these still waters so you can drink with peace not worrying about the wolves, not worrying about the attacks of the enemy coming after you. But God will lead you to a place where the lion can lay down with the lamb. So what is a shepherd again? A shepherd just stewards the soul of another. So there's going to be shepherds who are in the workplace. They're shepherding some souls around them at, you know, the Walmart, at the Lowe's, at the McDonald's, they're they're shepherding. They just care for their soul. They're preaching some truth into them. That's a shepherd. A shepherd doesn't mean you have a mic at the platform and you're preaching to a megachurch. That is not one of the qualifications for a shepherd. A shepherd just means you're stewarding their soul. It could be one person that you're discipling. It could be one younger person, okay, that you're looking after, maybe a younger brother. You're operating as a shepherd. That's the simplicity of this ministry gift of a pastor. Okay, likewise, the evangelist. The evangelist just plants seeds. The evangelist isn't someone who wins someone's soul. Only God can win the soul. Only God can change the soul. Only the Holy Spirit brings conviction and only the Holy Spirit can change that person and give them the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the shepherd just shepherds the soul. Okay, so in in, in shepherding, it's important to remember that First Peter 5, if you're seeing now, hey, you know, maybe I am shepherding some souls. God is using me as a shepherd. And this is for you. It says, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So the shepherd must do it with a good heart, according to God's heart, out of their own 
free will, willingly for the love of that soul, not for dishonest gain, not for followers, not for subscribers, not just to have more people in the church, not just to have more people tithing, not to have more people hitting the like button on their platform or pumping up their views. This is not what a good shepherd does. This is a fake shepherd, which I'm going to now give you some points on false shepherds because there's a lot of false shepherds. They're everywhere. And we see that in the last days, these will increase. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, and lovers of money. And that's the number one point I have for you on false shepherds is that they're pleasure loving. Isaiah 56, 10. God says, his watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Slumber is a form of pleasure. I'm going to read this in Isaiah 56.10. This is the NLT translation. I really like this as well. It says, for the leaders of my people, the Lord's watchmen, his shepherds, are blind and ignorant. They are like silent watchdogs. What good is a silent watchdog? The watchdog barks to warn you of the danger that's coming. But these shepherds, it says they they don't even know how to bark. They can't bark. Some of them, they live. They're in, you know, bondage to the devil. They're still in bondage to their sin. And so they're blinded because there's darkness in their eyes and they can't even see. They can't bark to warn the sheep. So the sheep come and they get devoured by the cares of this world, by the attacks and the assignments of the enemy. And they go back and back and cycle through this oppression, cycle through, you know, depression or cycle through all these different bondages of the enemy. This is not the will of God. Yes, you can be set free of depression. I grew up with depression since I was very, very young, since before I could really even remember about six, seven years old, depression deeply instilled into my mind. But Christ frees us of these things. This is a spiritual bondage and Christ can free us and he will free us and it's his desire to free us. But a good shepherd will really help us with these things. They're like silent watchdogs. They give no warning when danger comes. They love to lie around, sleeping and dreaming. Sleeping and dreaming. Loving that good old pleasure for themselves. Not serving the flock of God. Number two is that they scatter the flock. Amen. Jeremiah 10, 21 says, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and their flocks shall be scattered. Sometimes churches, you know, they get shut down for many different reasons. It's not always a pastor's fault. You know, sometimes pastors retire, different things happen. But sometimes God is scattering the flocks. He wants to lead you to a good shepherd. So the flocks get scattered in the presence of a false shepherd. They leave. They go back to the world. 
Number three is they lead the sheep astray. Jeremiah 56. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They've gone from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. A good shepherd will show you the resting place for your soul. What's your soul? It's your mind or your innermost thoughts. It's your desires or your will and your emotions. There's a resting place for your soul. The Psalm 23 resting place, lying down in green pastures. You need to know that you have power over your thoughts. You have power over your mind, even though the enemy will tell you otherwise, even though the enemy hates for you to have that knowledge. But in Christ, you are called to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He will tell you that you don't have understanding, that you you, you can't hear, that you can't formulate different thoughts, that the enemy just has so much power and, and you're just caught up in these different sins of your mind. But God says you have power in your mind to rule your mind. Take territory. Be a shepherd at least of your thoughts. Shepherd the thoughts that are within you and cast out all the devils, cast out all the demonic thoughts and bring in the good golden sheep into your mind. Show your thoughts the resting place that is in Christ. Number four quality of a false shepherd is they prey upon the flock instead of feeding it. We saw this already in Ezekiel 34. That They're preying on the flock. Okay, They're seeing how they can take from the flock, use the flock, because all they can think about is themselves. They think it's all about their subscribers, their followers, their views, bringing more people into their church. No, I'm not saying it's bad to have a bad church. It's great to have a good church as long as they're true disciples, followers of Jesus in that church. You don't want a big church where people who have been there for decades and there's no transformation and there's no repentance. That's called dead sheep. That's called dry bones walking. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number five is that hirelings, they they forsake the sheep. They don't really care about the sheep. John 10, 12 says a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Wow. Wow. Jesus, (laughs) He chose Peter. Peter was a shepherd. Peter, likewise, Paul had many different spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. They were operating in the calling that God had for them. Sometimes it's just having one gift, one skill, and then God gives more as you're faithful to that. But Peter was a shepherd, and this was Jesus' desire for Peter before he left. He says to Peter the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because Jesus said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. God is calling for some shepherds to truly feed his sheep. If that's you and God's 
you know, awakened you to some form of that. I'm not saying you're going to be a pastor of a church, but some form of that, then be awakened and just be discernful. The shepherds that are out there, be discernful of who's shepherding you, who's shepherding your soul. Are they being discipled by the Holy Spirit and the word of truth in the secret place? Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, family. I will see you soon. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.